Hello and welcome to my podcast where we talk about creepypastas, SCPs, uh, whatever, I don't know, creepy shit, death, suicides, all that. I got a video for you guys now. Uh, Hold on one second. I am terribly sorry for the inconvenience right there. Happened about five years ago when I was 21. Me and my friend Seth got into this app which showed you ghosts. We'd go out ghost hunting, but nothing much would happen. Sometimes a dot would appear on one of our phones and it would say random words. We would ask, how did you die? Stuff like that. And sometimes the answers lined up, but it was mostly random. One night, around 2 a.m., Seth suggested going to the cemetery to see if the app picked anything up. I was hesitant, but I nervously agreed. We started making our way through the neighborhood towards the cemetery. It was weird as the streets are normally lined with cars, but they were empty on this night. We walked down the middle of the road with the app running, but it wasn't picking anything up. We finally made it to the cemetery, which was a small, family-owned one where they only buried their own. Seth went up to the gate and started shouting, hoping to get a response on the app, but nothing happened. I was standing in the road, feeling unsettled, when Seth starts yelling, Is that all you've got? I told him to stop disrespecting the dead and we should leave. He tried being funny, saying, Oh, I'll make him show up. And jumped the gate and started stomping on the graves while screaming, Come on, show us something. All of a sudden, our phone said something at the same time. I looked down at my phone, and it was there. We both just stood there, looking at each other, when ten or so red dots appeared on the radar, and it said it again. When I looked back up from my phone, Seth was next to me. I said, We have got to go. As soon as I said that, we could hear the streetlights turning off one by one from the top of the street, getting closer to us. We took off running as fast as we could. We got about halfway into the neighborhood before running out of breath and having to stop. I felt like I was going to throw up from being scared and winded. Then I heard my phone say something. It was muffled, but I knew what it said. Being too scared to look at my phone, I looked at Seth, who looked terrified. He nodded at me to get my phone out, so I slowly pulled it out and it said my name across the top. I turned my phone off and said, Screw this. I'm done. We made our way back to my house and had a cigarette to calm down. We were talking about what just happened, almost not believing it, when I heard my phone again. This time, it was my sister's name. We just stood there, frozen, not saying a word, when it went off again and said my brother's name. I took my phone out, turned it on, and deleted the app. I asked Seth to stay the night, but he refused. I can't blame him. When I finally got to sleep that night, I dreamt a muffled voice repeating a word over and over. I started to wake up and the words became clearer. My phone was off, with the battery out. But when I turned it over, it was lit up with the app running. It had a red dot about six feet from me, still repeating.
I woke up the next morning and went to the bathroom. I had a razor-thin cut from my left shoulder to my right hip. I don't know what happened that night, and nothing has happened to me since. Needless to say, I don't mess with that kind of stuff anymore. and myself had our company trip to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, known for being Stephen King's inspiration for The Shining. We took an 8 p.m. ghost tour where we joined about 15 other people to get guided around the property and told stories about its history and creepy things that are said to have happened. We were told to take a lot of pictures, I'm sure to try and capture orbs or ghosts. Many green orbs were caught in pictures, but I don't think anything is as creepy as this photo taken by my coworker. A little girl in a hot pink dress who was definitely not on our tour. And apparently, years ago, a young girl who was 12 to 13 by the name of Lucy was squatting in the basement of the concert hall, which is where this photo was taken. And she was discovered upon plans to begin some construction. She was forced to leave, and the night got below freezing, so she froze to death. Everyone on my tour has vouched that this girl was not on our tour. I mean, who wouldn't remember someone wearing hot pink? The man pictured as our tour guide, no one would have been in front of him. I am convinced that this is the ghost of Lucy. Just one more added note, though I doubt anyone would believe me. But there was only one time throughout the tour where I felt any strange energy or feeling. And it was right there, headed down to the basement of the concert hall. Plain white sauce makes your teeth go gray. Excited that my freshman year was coming to an end. It was a Tuesday night when I was turning in my last essay for history. I left it to the last minute and the teacher actually made me complete it before I could go home. I hated my teacher for that. Around 8pm I had finished that goddamn essay and was walking home. The rain had stopped and there was a beautiful sunset. Suddenly, I noticed something. There was a red 2016 Toyota Camry right behind me. I got goosebumps thinking it was following me. I didn't look back and started walking in my apartment's direction. I wanted to go to a busy road to feel safer. Just then, the car sped up, stopping right next to me. A middle-aged man asked me where I was headed and suggested to drop me off. I said no thanks, but the man wouldn't leave and insisted. I wanted to tell the man to just fuck off, but I took off running instead. I heard a loud noise, and at the same time felt something I can only describe as a sharp vibration hitting my flesh. I fell to the ground not knowing what happened. Out of adrenaline, I was about to get up and run again as I felt a heavy arm grab me by the mouth. Then the pain set in. I realized that I was shot. There was another man next to him that searched my pockets. 
He grabbed my phone and threw it on the ground as he tied my legs and taped my mouth. They quickly put me into the trunk of their car and then started driving. I could feel that we were going very fast and I'm sure that we hadn't stopped at all for a good 30 minutes. I was feeling my blood soaking into my shirt, which scared me the most. I was certain that I was going to die. I was thinking about my parents and what they would feel when they heard that I was missing. Then the car came to a stop. By some miracle, I heard a police officer asking for IDs and driver's licenses. I wanted to yell for help, but nothing came out. Just then, I heard three to four gunshots. I heard another cop yelling. I was begging the cop to find me. Then I heard the cop searching the car. I was feeling joy as my pain was growing worse. Seconds felt like hours. The officer then opened the car's trunk and suddenly started firing at me out of a fight-or-flight response. Thankfully, the bullets missed. The officer quickly caught up to the fact that I was kidnapped and injured. He called for backup immediately and it arrived in minutes. They placed the injured officer onto a gurney and drove off in an ambulance. Finally, when the scene was safe, they called another ambulance for me. I woke up in the hospital. The news media was everywhere. I was fine after a few days, but later learned that the officer that was shot didn't make it. I don't know if those men are still alive or rotting away in a prison for killing an officer. I don't want to know what would have happened if those officers hadn't stopped the car. This happened when I was 17 years old. I would go to the gym three to four times a week and ride the bus home. It was a Sunday and I had just missed my bus, so I had to wait longer for another one. I would have called my parents, but they were out for the evening, and the taxis charged more, so I decided to sit and wait in the bus shelter. It was a cold night and snow had just started peppering the ground. My bus was taking longer than usual, so I got my phone out and listened to some music. Almost an hour had passed. It was freezing and I hadn't seen anyone at all. That was until I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. It was a creepy guy dressed in thick layers of clothing, walking slowly towards me. I knew staring at him would draw more attention, so I just focused on my phone. He sat down at the other end of the shelter and just stared at me. There was something off about him. He seemed like he was either drunk or on drugs. He then asked, What does the boss do? I took out my earphones and said, I think it's delayed because of the snow. He stared at me for a while then started mumbling to himself. He was really starting to creep me out so I pretended to be on my phone. After a couple of minutes I took another look. He moved closer to me. I looked away for a second then heard the sound of him sliding even closer. I turned to him and said, You okay there? He stared at me with glossy eyes, lifted his arm and leaned towards me. 
Immediately, I grabbed my bag and ran as he fell to the ground. I ran down the road trying my hardest not to look back. I kept going until I got to the next bus stop. I turned around to check to see if he was there. He was gone, so I went to sit down. Feeling relieved, I rested my head on the back of the glass and waited for the bus. I jolted and turned around to see the same guy staring at me through the glass. What the hell is wrong with you? Then he started walking around the shelter towards me. I'm warning you, stay back! I yelled in panic as I was backing up. I wanted to run, but I left my bag in the shelter and I couldn't leave without it. Suddenly, the man leaped at me and I quickly moved out of the way. I fell to the ground face first. I froze in shock, then noticed the blood coming from his face. I tried to get a response out of him, but nothing worked. I called the police and paramedics and they arrived shortly after. I told them what had happened and they told me that the guy was on prescription drugs. They found a photo in his wallet of him and his son. The boy looked just like me, so we assumed he thought I was him. I later learned that he had lost his son in a custody battle and went off the rails. He was taken away for treatment, that was the last I saw of him. I got my driver's license shortly after, and have never been on a bus since. It was November of 2006. I was a 16-year-old kid living in the town of Altoona, Iowa. I went to bed early one night because I had to work the early shift at McDonald's. As I slept, I had a dream that I was running through downtown Des Moines, but I wasn't on a jog. I was running from something. As I ran around the corner of a building, I came face to face with my pursuer. A tall man wearing a trench coat and a top hat stood in front of me. The only thing visible of his face was his eyes. They were abnormally large with black pupils and it looked at me as if it wanted something. After what felt like hours, he reached out his bony hand, as if he wanted me to go with him. I woke up violently from my dream, and after catching my breath, I peered around my room to see if I was safe. As I stood up from my bed, I noticed that I could see my breath. Feeling confused, I checked my window. It was latched shut. I then walked over and checked my vent. I could still feel warm air coming from it. As I sat back down on my bed, I tried to figure out what exactly was going on. That's when the figure from my dream appeared at the foot of my bed. I scrambled back to my headboard. What do you want? I asked, trying to hide the shakiness in my voice. With the same bony finger, it pointed at me. Growing up in a religious home, I believed what I was looking at was a demon. I told the creature to leave. It just waved its finger at me, and with a low voice, it spoke to me. Never leave. Always here. The creature then screamed loudly and disappeared. A feeling of nausea came over me, and I vomited on my floor. The last thing I remember was cleaning myself up and waking up to my alarm. 
It's been about a month since I had seen the top hat wearing man in my bedroom. The Christmas season was in full effect. My parents weren't home because they got invited to some kind of event. So it was only me and my three sisters at home. I had to wake up early in the morning for work, so I decided to go to sleep. I rested my head on my pillow and closed my eyes. Not even 30 seconds passed until my sisters burst into my room and started singing obnoxious songs. This of course made me very angry, but I thought if I ignored them that they would leave me alone. This was not the case. As I pulled the blankets over my head, I started to feel the same cold feeling that I had in November. As the obnoxious singing subsided, I lowered the blanket below my eyes and saw the man standing in the corner of my room. In one swift motion, he charged towards me, and I blacked out. When I finally came to, I found that my sisters had locked themselves inside the bathroom. As I knocked on the door, they told me to go away. I asked them what happened, and all they could say was mom and dad were on their way home. I looked down and saw that my hand was slightly bloody. Holes were in the bathroom door, and a broom was sticking out of the wall. I then walked into the living room and found that there were knives stuck into the wall as well. The same wave of nausea passed over me, just like in November, and I threw up again. As I was cleaning up, my parents walked through the door. My father immediately walked over to me and gave me a good beating. Then he sent me to my room. I went to bed crying. Not from the beating. I was crying because of the confusion. I had no idea what was going on. The next morning, my sisters reluctantly sat next to me and told me what had happened. They said I got angry chased them down and tried to hurt them. They said my eyes were red to the point where they thought I was bleeding from them. They said I sounded like a different person. In 2011, that was the last time I saw the top hat wearing man. I just moved into a new apartment and after a long stressful day of unpacking, I took a shower and got ready for bed. As I started to drift off, I could feel that cold feeling again. I lifted my head and saw the man standing in front of me. The man's eyes were red now. With a low voice, just like on that November night, it looked at me and said, Never believe. Always here. During my holiday, I spent about three weeks in Japan. I arrived pretty late, so I couldn't check into the hotel that I initially booked, so I booked the cheapest hotel that I could find nearby. Aesthetically, it was quite nice, but it did have easy access to the building, meaning anyone could come in and go to any room as they please, plus there was no security in sight. After arriving in my room, I ordered some food and watched some TV. I was still pretty jet-lagged from the flight, so I started to get ready for bed. As I was falling asleep, I felt the urge to double-check the door just to see if it was locked. I didn't think anything was going to happen, but I'd rather be safe than sorry. 
About five minutes after I checked the door, I heard footsteps outside. Initially, I thought it was someone leaving their room, but the footsteps started to pick up speed. The sounds started getting louder and louder, and I started to freak out a little. All of a sudden, the sound stopped. I looked at the light shining through the bottom of my door, and there was a shadow of a person. At first, I thought it was room service, but it was too late for that. Or maybe it was some drunk idiot who was at the wrong room. As soon as I switched my light off, the shadow disappeared. I was confused, but I reluctantly went back to bed. That's when I suddenly heard scratching coming from my door. So I immediately turned my light on and shouted, Who's there? After a moment of silence, I heard the footsteps slowly fade away. At this point, I was thinking it could be some kids messing around, so I got up, opened the door, and peeked my head outside. I glanced in both directions down the dark and slim hallways. That's when my heart stopped. A man emerged from the darkness and ran erratically towards me. His face was contorted as he screamed, and I could see he was holding a knife in his right hand. As he got closer, I could see him more clearly. He had disgusting, long, dirty hair. His clothes were ripped, and he had cuts and bruises all over. I quickly slammed my door and pressed against it, praying that the man would just go away. After what felt like hours, I finally gathered my courage and looked through the peephole. He was gone. I let out a sigh of relief and checked the peephole again. My heart started pumping faster than ever before. He was right in front of the door. He was wearing a maniacal smile on his face, and all of a sudden he raised his knife and yelled, I'M GONNA FUCKING KILL YOU! I jumped back and kept my eyes locked on the bottom of the door as I backed up to my bed. I grabbed my phone and started dialing the police. As I raised the phone to my ear, I saw that the shadow was gone. When the police arrived, I tried to explain what happened, and they checked the security cameras. They almost immediately recognized the man. He had been doing this to people for a while now, and the police had been trying to track him down for months. After a long night of no sleep, I finally arrived at the right hotel that I had booked initially in Tokyo. That creepy guy was still on my mind, but I thought the chances of him being here were pretty slim, so I didn't bother locking my door that night. At 12.05am, I woke up to a big bang next to me. I turned around to see the same guy passed out on the floor knife in hand. I was in shock. How did he find me? I quickly ran out of the room and locked him inside. The cops came and was finally arrested. Let's just say I'm always going to be locking my doors from now on. I was 26 years old, and I was unemployed. Feeling unfulfilled by the monotony of a job life, I decided I would try my hand at working from home. So my days and nights comprised me of surfing the internet for any jobs I could get. I was a big procrastinator, so more often than not I'd stray away and waste time doing other things. One day, I came across talk about the deep web while on Reddit. 
I felt amused by the people talking about it as if it was something so scary, and decided I'd look into it. It was stupid of me to go on it in the first place, but I made it even sillier by deciding to check it out late at night. It was about 2am and I came across a website where you could chat with someone anonymously. The person I got was a woman. She was in her early 20s and very pretty. Alright, well, I'm going to end it here. Um, good night. Stay safe and have sweet dreams.